Well, welcome to another podcast from Marysville Church of the Nazarene. I'm Pastor Paul, and I'm here with uh, Pastor Josh and Pastor Mara, and we're here to discuss last week's scripture, and we're doing a little bit different uh, this week. We have been sending these out the Saturday before. Uh, we talk about them on Sunday morning, and now we're doing it after. Just we, We're just going to try this to see if, if it helps us with our discussion, and, and I think it will. And, um, you know, what, what we're doing here is, um, is helpful for us as, as individuals and as staff members, as we, we lead, as we talk about scripture, we believe that God builds into us and, and the Holy Spirit as part of these conversations. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be in the midst. And so as we talk about the Holy Spirit, there is this, this understanding that when God's people gather and they talk about the things of God, uh, that God fills that gap in between them. And so there's the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is a means of grace to, to sit around and talk about scripture. Why do I say that? Well, we're doing this, not hoping that you just watch us do this, but we're doing this as a model so that you do this in your homes. Yeah. Uh, that if you sit down at a, a, a dining room table with your kids, there, there's no reason, just because it's not a church service, there's no reason you can't sit and talk about scripture together and God will fill those gaps and the Holy Spirit will do his work and, and you will be true disciples and disciples all at the same time. Uh, we, we want you to do this with your friends, to, to make a telephone call and talk about scripture. We, we're, we're hoping that as, um, as we begin to unroll watch parties, this, that's going to be our first step is watch parties gathered around the live stream service. We're hoping that you'll you'll meet with people in accordance with the guidelines set by our health department, and you'll gather and listen to a sermon, and that won't be the end of it. You'll listen to worship. That won't be the end of it, but you'll sit and have a conversation about the scripture, about the worship service. I was out at Pizza Hut the, the other night, and I was getting pizza. I saw the Moors, and, and they were talking about how different it was to worship at home. Because when they worshiped at home, they could have a conversation. <laughs> and they said, we probably wouldn't have had those conversations if we were sitting in a sanctuary. So, so this is, there's a lot of good things that can happen through this. And so we're encouraging you to, to gather with your family, to gather with friends, and have a conversation about what we're talking about and what God's doing in your life. Anything you guys want to add on, on, on that regard? Yeah, I, I love it. I think, yeah. Go ahead, Go ahead Josh. It's you. <laughs> it's me? Okay. I was going to yeah. say, I have noticed, I really love this idea of kind of continuing the discussion into the following week. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like sometimes that switch flips Sunday's over and I start to think about what's coming next. When I know like best practices, even in my family is to talk about where we've been and what we've already learned about. So I love that. I feel like we're kind of pausing and waiting in this just a little bit longer uh, before we move on. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love the idea that, uh, that scripture is kind of a starting point for, for conversation. Scripture is not like the end. It's not just, it's not just reading scripture and then that's the end. Uh, it, I think it's truly, it was truly designed to be uh, a kickoff, a starting point for conversation. And so it's been, I know it's been great for me and fun to, uh, to, to do that this way. And so I would encourage Whatever, whatever that looks like for everyone else to, uh, to take part in that, I think is a good thing. Yeah, I, I think when you, you think about even, the, and this isn't the podcast, we'll get into the <laughs> tangent. But, but this, is, this, is, this is fascinating because I, I think when you think about faith, 
faith looks more like a conversation than a doctrine. Uh, that, that faith is often something that's growing and building and one, 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 one thing upon another. And so, uh, you know, conversation is a good model for people who are uh, discipling in faith. Well, right. Well, and when you look at it, I mean, I even feel like a lot of the Bible was even written in conversation with itself. How many times did Jesus say, you've heard it written? Or I've got a Bible that I love that it actually kind of has in bold all of the times when it starts to refer to somewhere else in the Bible, because I do, I feel like it, it wants us to revisit those things and come back around to them, talk about them, dig deeper. So that, that's my virtual background, Spencer, moving behind me. <laughs> Speaking of Pizza Hut, I think yeah. he was carrying a pizza box. He was. But we've had far too much Pizza Hut over there. Wave at the camera, Spencer. Hi, Spence. Yeah. Hi, Spencer. <laughs> Just wave. Just smile and wave. That's all. Okay. Uh, inside the Mills home. Uh, this, this is a, a sneak peek of what life is like inside our home <laughs> with dogs and kids. Well, Mara, why don't you give us a, a background of where we are in the story? And then we'll dive into the, the scripture and, and, and what we're talking about here. Sure. So um, today we're going to be talking about Pentecost, which if you are following the church calendar, I know we're not quite there yet. It actually occurs about 50 days after Easter. Um, but when we think of Pentecost, we think about this time when the Holy Spirit came. Um, but this was actually a feast that they um, observed and celebrated before, um, before the Holy Spirit was given, before that actual, what we think of as Pentecost. So as we read today, we're actually going to find the disciples, 11 of them together, um, 12 of them. They've replaced Judas at this point, and they're together celebrating this um, feast. It's kind of kicks off their harvest time, but it also is connected into the law being given through Moses. So they are gathering together, still doing some of those cultural things in this kind of waiting period between the ascension. Jesus has gone away. He promised a helper. Um, he didn't tell them exactly when, but he told them to wait in Jerusalem for that to happen. So they're in this kind of holding pattern where they are waiting and watching, not sure what that helper is going to look like or when he will arrive. That's good. Josh, why don't you go ahead and read the scripture. We'll give you the, the fun yep. names. <laughs> thank you it's a i appreciate who and where's where and yes i'm just gonna make them up and uh you can judge me if you want but uh this is acts chapter 2 verse 1 through 12 it says when the day of pentecost came they were all together in one place suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there, now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Yeah, you know, it's really kind of interesting because when I pulled the scripture up for us for this, it doesn't include the next verse, 
the next verse is they must be drunk, yeah. <laughs> which is I don't know why we, we didn't include it, but that they were uh, they were so it was such an odd experience that people were thinking that they they were drinking in the morning. Um, what's what stands out to you guys in, in the scripture that we just read? Anything just particularly that stands out before we kind of dive into some questions? So I I, I was just it doesn't. Uh, explicitly say it in this text, but if you flip back to Acts chapter one and in kind of in context, it seems as though uh, to be implied that there are also women gathered together here, gathered yep. with them in this setting. And again, it's not explicit in this particular passage, but it seems to be uh, seems to be there from chapter one. And as I was just as I was reading that, I was just thinking, man, it seems that seems like the to, uh, to be this kind of recurring thing as we've talked through these uh the the events of jesus's last days on earth and resurrection and whatnot just the um the the presence uh of women and and so then that implies here that they were also empowered received the holy spirit and uh and were, were just as much a part of that as, as others which i think is huge i think it's important but it just struck me how much we've been talking about that or at least i've been thinking about it uh, in these past few weeks and, and there's the unseen people that's in the story. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're probably, uh, most historians believe we're in the same upper room that they were in with Jesus. Many historians believe that this was a, a home owned by John Mark's mother, that, that she is central in this, which, you know, then you can, well, there's all sorts of connections that you can get here, but there's unseen people, unnamed people that are significant in this story. And, yeah. and, and the women are not particularly named here, even though they're named in other places. There's a lot of people who are significant in the story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I love, I feel like we've come across this theme a few times too, just in that this gospel, this good news is for everyone. And like they, they made a point to include, I mean, there were literally people from the ends of the earth in the, in the geographic sense of their time that in, in that one experience, this gospel message was miraculously like they were proclaiming it in those languages, but also those people heard it and then had the potential to spread it so mm -hmm. fast and so rapidly everywhere. There was not a group of people that were left out that all of these people could hear that and know that it was for them in that moment. I just, I love that. That's good. You know, yeah. it, it is interesting. I think last Pentecost Sunday, I preached from this text and we, we had one service at the church and then one church at the service at the high school, if you guys remember. And oh, I yeah. used this text and the, the phrase is they were living there. They came from all over, but these are people that had given up everything and moved to Jerusalem to, to pursue mm -hmm. God. And so the, the first revival was in their neighborhood that the first revival was that people come into a church it was people stepping outside their into their front yard and talking to their neighbors uh, about god and so I, I think there's some significance that, they, that god gives us opportunities that are wide spanning but they may be right in our front yard mm -hmm. um i have some discussion points that we've kind of looked at um you know, the, the giving of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is this an easy or hard concept for you? Uh, how do you explain the concept, uh, the personhood of the Holy Spirit? I'm, I'm talking to you two because you guys have to explain this concept. It's hard enough to explain this concept to adults. 
Is it difficult to explain to, to kids this ideal of the Holy Spirit or teens? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe the temptation is to make it much more, I don't know, maybe mystical than it, than it is. Um, or, or at least maybe from my simple minded understanding. Um, but this is essentially, uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's try, this is a triune God you know, where, it, where it's God, the father and the son and the Holy spirit. And so, um, it's the same, like, it's not three separate gods. And so, um, what does it mean that the Holy Spirit came to everyone and, and, and um, they, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit? What does that look like? What does that mean? Like, I think uh, simplistically, like, it's just we can now look at the story of Jesus and the actions of Jesus. This is who God is. Now we just have this in a way that is available to all and it's not limited to uh, space and time that, that Jesus as a person was. Um, and so I don't know, I guess I don't really see this as such a uh, crazy mystical thing that like is, is hard to grasp. It's just now that G- the things that Jesus did in the life that Jesus lived, we now have those, we have, we now have access to that, to that same power um, through the Holy Spirit. And of course that doesn't explain how does that happen or, you know, the, I don't know. I guess, again, my, my simplistic mind is just like, I don't need to know how, <laughs> I don't need to know how that happens. It's just, it's clear that that is, that is what it is. Um, so sometimes it's better to skip the hows and just get to the who. <laughs> <laughs> or the call to action. Like, okay, this is, who cares how, this is what, this is my what, or what do I need to do because of that? That's good. Mara, what's your thoughts? Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I, I feel like there are still so many questions and yeah, the hows and the whys. But when I really think about it, when I think when I've talked with kids about what, what this means to have the Holy Spirit, to have that power, um, we talk about following Jesus or imitating him. Like that could easily translate and start to be like, well, I just need to be a really good person. I need to yeah. be really loving. I need to be really kind. I need to be really patient. And when I talk to like the kids, I'm like, but the Holy Spirit is what actually allows us to transform and to change where it's no longer we're following him and just pretending to be just like him but that the holy spirit actually makes us like him and causes our hearts to to transform and to be more like his we don't just want to look like him on the outside but we want to live like him from our inside and that when we make that decision to follow jesus that we're really recognizing and accepting that that power and that um ability to transform that he has given that to us and wants that in our lives. That's good. That's good. You know, I, I, and I don't want to take us too far off tangent, but you know, there, there is this, there, there is this concept that, that Jesus um, did what he did because he was full of the spirit as well. That, 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 that Jesus gives us the example. Sometimes we elevate Jesus to this. Oh, Jesus just was but Jesus was dependent on the Holy Spirit right. for guidance and for power. And, and, you know, when Jesus did things, he did these things in, in his human flesh, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah. you know, we do have that model in Jesus. Jesus shows us what it means to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit as yeah. well. Um, right. mm-hmm. you know, I, I think the easy thing to do is to, to somehow make, either we make the Holy Spirit a force instead of a person, Mm-hmm. Um, or we, we make the Holy Spirit like lesser God. You know, there's God the Father and Jesus, and then there's this Holy Spirit. Um, how do we prevent that from happening? How, how do you guys in your life keep the Holy Spirit 
person and not force. You know, this isn't Star Wars. This is not may the, may the force be with, with you. Yeah. Uh, th- th- this is a person. What, why does that matter and how do you keep that fresh? I think, I don't know. I think this is just, it's one of those things where as you continue to grow, uh, you know, the idea of, you know, Paul saying pray without ceasing uh, is not a literal, like constantly being in a verbal vocal prayer, but maybe rather a, just a constant awareness of the, the presence of God. And I think that's the Holy spirit that allows us to do that. And so I think it is just this, this growing and this, this learning to recognize God's presence in every, everything that we do and recognizing God's presence in our everyday living of, you know, doing whatever we're doing. Uh, That book that you guys talk about, the liturgy, the ordinary, I think, I don't remember what it is, something like that. (laughs) Um, But just recognizing God's presence in in everything we do um, and and just being aware of that. um, That's obviously not a person, like a physical person, because I'm not in communication with a physical person, but just recognizing and understanding that that presence uh I, I, we sang on sunday we sang the, the song holy spirit and amy amy talked about you know the holy spirit doesn't need like an invitation like the holy spirit is here i think it's just learning to recognize and to understand um that presence yeah and i don't want to like make it too simplistic and i know some people like i feel like as a kid like i remember having the holy spirit taught to me almost like that idea of, of it being your conscience and like and i know that that does not like that metaphor doesn't exa- doesn't hold up entirely but i'm one of those people and i don't know if you guys are like this like i can have conversations with myself in my head like where there are the the two opposing viewpoints and no no <laughs> Ryan no. doesn't, Ryan doesn't think like that either, but I'm definitely I, one of those I people, do. I can rehearse a conversation and I can go back and forth. And so there, and there have definitely been times in my life where, yeah, I feel like I am wrestling internally with this other presence, this other will, this other mindset that, that is in opposition sometimes to the things that I want. And so like, I feel like I can almost, I can sense that, um, that tension there. Or when we talk about him being a helper or a teacher, like there's times when my memory works differently than I feel like it should. Like I will remember something, but then I also learn from that memory or he'll call to mind something that I know. And so I feel like it's just in those moments where I'm like, this, this really is, it's a personality. It's a person that is assisting and guiding and teaching um, because it's not something that I could do for myself. Right. That's good. Yeah. I, I think it's important. We see person um, and, and not force. I think, I, th- I, I think, um, for, for one thing, it leads us more to conversation and leads mm-hmm. us more to, uh, you know, this ideal. It, it's easy, <laughs> and, and it's easy of saying this I, or thinking this. I, I don't say it as easily. It's easy to say, I love God the Father. I love Jesus the Son. How often do we say, I love the Holy Spirit? <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and, and so I, I, you know, I wonder if that's my issue. Maybe, maybe nobody else thinks like that, but I, but I probably in my life have never said boy, I really love the Holy Spirit. But I do. I love yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is God. Yeah. I think that's, it's just, I think it's, I don't know, maybe just a, a matter of terms that we use or the way that we, the, the way that we think about it. I mean, cause truly um, the Holy Spirit is the way that we know 
and are in relationship with God, right? And so it's not like when you're saying, you know, I mean, I love Jesus and I'm, I'm looking to follow after Jesus. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily neglecting the Holy Spirit. It's maybe just not labeling and identifying and labeling it as so does that make sense what i'm trying to say yeah. i guess what I, like i guess what i'm saying is like i don't think that anyone is is like actually maybe well maybe not not necessarily neglecting again the holy spirit it's just we're not really vocally because it's it's not as natural to say you know i love the holy spirit like i love jesus it's just um i don't know so maybe it's semantics or just the way that we are able to portray it I don't know. Right. Because honestly, like our desire to follow Jesus is an outward sign of the inward work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so, yeah, Yeah. it's almost like we don't attribute to to him the work that he does, but we do display the fruits of it. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Thank you, Mara, for summing up all my blabberings. (laughs) That's that's why she's here to sum us up. And (laughs) she's having that conversation in her mind and and, uh, we can't do that. So she's more. (laughs) One person at a time, please. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus says the spirit is better. And, and, And that's, you know, that most of us would say, man, I wish Jesus was here. And Jesus is saying, it's better for you that I'm not here. Yeah, <laughs> that the spirit's there. How's the spirit better? I mean, like like I said before, Jesus was limited by time and space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a sleep. human. <laughs> to say that Jesus was limited is is kind of funny, but I mean, he was a person. It was a mm-hmm. time and a space. So there were only so many people that he could. Uh, I mean, even even Jesus only had you know twelve close disciples. You know, they had the periphery people and the followers, but but he was certainly limited in who he could uh, be around. Um, I, perhaps I just thought of this, Paul, but what you were talking about where, you know, Jesus was able to do what he did because of the power of the Holy spirit. And so maybe this was just a simple recognition uh, on his part of this is why, this is why I am who I am because of the Holy spirit. And so could maybe, so maybe Jesus was then able to actually uh, verbalize and accredit <laughs> Uh, the the Holy Spirit like we we maybe not be able to do right that's good Mara anything yeah I mean I agree I just think Jesus like you said was limited by time and space I mean he exhibited immense amounts of power but it was it was limited to where he was even in the times when he was appearing to people after his resurrection it was to this group here and to this group here and to this group here he he could not be in all places to all people the way that the Holy Spirit can that's good that's good see i i tend to think that we we put things on jesus because it frees us from responsibility i i think jesus was the most amazing listener in history (laughs) and so you know you have the woman at the well and she comes up and jesus seems to know everything about her and so we want to make that a supernatural you know jesus supernaturally knew those things as opposed to jesus maybe was just listening and paying attention and seeing the clues and knew because see that frees us because if the spirit doesn't tell us if then we can say oh well i don't have to know these things Uh, but if Jesus is relying on the spirit, uh, trusting the discernment of the spirit, paying attention to the things around him, it changes some of the dynamics of the things that he knew, the things that he did. Uh, now I'm not saying, Hey, you know, if we relied on the spirit, we're going to walk on water. Uh, you know, I wouldn't advise anybody to go out and try that. I guess you can, if you want, just make sure you swim. But, but, but I do believe there's a lot of things that Jesus did 
not because um, he was God, but because he was a man full of the spirit of God. Hmm. And, and, I, and I think that's an important thing yeah. for us to understand. So, so it made Jesus better and it can make, uh, he can make us better as well. Um, yeah. Um, I, I wrote down my notes. It, it's interesting that God follows a calendar. <laughs> it, you know, it, it's amazing <laughs> that, that Jesus was crucified on Passover. And now the giving of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. And Mara, you alluded to this, that there's the giving of the law and uh, they, they became a people. Uh, they became a unique people with the giving of the law on, on um, Mount Sinai to Moses. And so now God gives us the spirit, gives us as followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and it makes us a people and it gives us identity. How does the spirit make us a people? How does the spirit give us identity? I think the law, um, it made them a people. It gave them uh, an identity for sure, but it was also a means by which they were in relationship with God, right? Like it was, you know, we can, looking back, we, you know, we can have negative attitudes towards the law. Um, and, and even to the point of saying that, you know, I, I've heard it said that, you know, um, religion is, is bad. It's, it's, you know, relationship is, is good and religion is bad. Uh, I don't, I don't think that that's accurate. Um, I think at Mount Sinai, the law gave the people uh, a means by which they could be in relationship with God. And, uh, and so that's what the Holy Spirit does as well. It's, it's how we're able to be in relationship with God. And so that's at the core of our identity. That was at the core of of their identity. Um, and that, that's also the core of, of our identity. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I think it takes the relationship from being a visiting the temple and God is in the holies of holies. And we have other people on our behalf to um, intercede for us. And it, it makes us in effect that holy of holies where he yeah. has chosen to re rest and reside in yeah. us and no longer, um, has that distance. And I feel like that changes everything because no longer do we have to seek him through something else or through something like he has come to us and through Jesus allows us to have that relationship. That's good. Yeah. Good. I think that's fascinating. This, this, the idea of the, the temple and the presence of God mm -hmm. and, uh, and then that we get to be, that is just such a fascinating concept and has huge implications to a lot of things. Um, your next question on the discussion guide is one of those, <laughs> by yes. the way, Paul. But if you have a thought there, then. Transforms our goings. Or, mm -hmm. well, what's the next one on my. The, uh, the, the difference. Uh, how do you, yeah, sensing the Holy Spirit and uh, uh, worship services and emotions and things like that. You know, that, that is a fascinating thing because I, I think with the Holy Spirit, and, and I think one of the reasons people don't say I love the Holy Spirit is that it makes them feel like they sound more mystical, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and people don't like to sound like that. You know, we like to sound like we're down to earth, <laughs> fleshly understanding that, you know, we live in this, this world people. And when you say you love the Holy spirit, it sounds mystical, emotional. Uh, you know, I've seen people resist the ideal of emotion and, and there, there can be uh, this ideal where, we're, we're guided by emotions as opposed to the spirit. And, and you know, how, how does that all work together? What are you guys' thoughts on that? I have some thoughts on emotion and the spirit, but what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, 
I think our emotions at times can, um, they can be a really good indicator of, of what's going on inside of us and really allow us to know that uh, maybe we need to do some soul searching and some soul seeking. But I also do feel like our emotions sometimes can be misleading. And so I feel like I oftentimes have to feel like, okay, this is the emotion I'm feeling. And I think it's absolutely right to name it and put it out there. But I need to maybe seek some counsel into um, whether this emotion is, is something I should act on or if this is an emotion that is, that is pushing me towards um, reconciliation in a relationship, towards the need to forgive, towards um, realizing that maybe there's bitterness that's rising up in me and that's where this emotion is coming from. So I think our emotions are so important and so powerful, but I also feel like they um, require their own type of um, self-control in being able to name them, but not always act on them. Because I know that um, for me, um, there's times when my emotions would definitely have led me to not the wise decision. And there's times when I've acted on that and realized afterwards that I totally let what I was feeling in a moment um, cloud my vision from what was actually happening. That's good. Yeah. Josh, anything? I think we there's a, a major tie that we have done that we've somehow with um, the presence of the Holy Spirit or a Holy Spirit experience, whatever, and, and emotions. Um, I think we we've set up, we've set up kind of a, a worship to be that way. Like, you know, how do I know if the Holy Spirit was present? Well, because it was a high emotion kind of thing. You know, I really felt the emotion of that. And, and I don't necessarily think that, um, I, I, I don't know. It's not necessarily a bad indicator. It's just not the only indicator of, of the Holy Spirit because, uh, you know, if I'm, out and about and I see a neighbor in need, I'm not going to get this emotional, like high emotion on high, but the Holy Spirit is still present prompting me to do something. Um, And so I think somehow we just have to figure out what it looks like to separate um, the identity of the, or the, the, the realness of the presence of the spirit with high emotion. Um, I don't, I don't know necessarily how to do that. But. Right. Let's be honest. There's certain of us that are more um, primed at certain points in our life to have an emotional response. And there's some of us that keep a pretty even keel emotional wise. And so you may wonder what you're missing if you aren't having this sure. out of body experience. You know, I, I yeah. do believe emotions are, are, we're created through emotions and they're not a mistake. They, they, that, that you see, and, and it's interesting, even as we've talked about this, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had that psalm that was talking about doubt. That was, it was a very emotional psalm. Where are you, God? You know, how come you're not helping me? You know, you know I'm crying out to you. And these are emotional words. And it begins with, to be sung in the church for the choir director. And so, so it's like God writes these emotional songs for us to, to sing as well. But, but we're not governed by our emotions, but our emotions can lead us to greater faith. I mean, so blessed are those who mourn. Uh, you know, we're called to rejoice. You know, Jesus wept. So, so I agree with you that, you know, sometimes we make the emotional moment um, connect it with spirituality. And so we sing a song that we remember from when we were a kid, (laughs) or we sing a song that our mom used to sing or our grandma used to sing. And there's those emotional ties with that song and nothing wrong with that. I, you know, lead that, let that lead you to God, but never mistake that 
<laughs> that you're being led to God and the God is not found in the emotional trigger. And, yeah. and so, you know, I, I think that's, that's always the balance and it's, yeah. it's always in the balance in the, in the church. Um, sure. You know, we yeah. good at a, a very, uh, a lot of rabbit trails with, <laughs> with, with yeah. this. Um, yeah. But, but if we take very seriously that concept that, um, through the Holy Spirit, the presence of God is within us. We become that temple, per se, where we embody the presence of God. Then there's no song or no prayer or no emotional event that is going to trigger the presence of the Holy Spirit, right? Because the presence yeah. of the Spirit is within us. And so, I don't know, maybe, what do you think? As a pastor, the wrong thing to say, in my opinion, is I no longer sense the Holy Spirit, because mm -hmm. that's not a me problem as a pastor. That's a you problem, because the Holy Spirit is, it can live in us regardless of what's going on and should right. live within us. And, and I've, I've had people that will say that in connection to the way we do things, <laughs> just frankly, I don't sense the Spirit. Well, doesn't the spirit live within you? Right. Shouldn't I sense the spirit in you regardless right. of, um, of whatever? Whether I mm -hmm. preach with a tie or not yeah. has no bearing on whether the Holy Spirit is present within us. And so, yeah, yeah you're right. And, and I think you, you go back to, you, you talked about religion being good. Uh, religion is, a, um, is a, a container for the movement, mm -hmm. if you will. That the movement is the movement of God, and religion is that thing that keeps it moving in the right direction. When the container becomes more important than the right. movement, we're missing the yeah. point. Yeah. And so when the container of our emotions and whether we have an emotional high becomes more important than the move of the Holy Spirit, then we're right. missing the point entirely. And, yeah. and, but that happens. Yeah. I think that's where our, our maturity and our growth and our, and our, and our faith comes into play. Cause the truth is, you know, and I think of my personal life, you know, in high school and youth group, like I remember these super high spiritual, you know, emotional spiritual highs. Uh, and it would, I would kind of live for the next one of those to kind yeah. of sustain me in you know, the next big youth event where I was going to get that spiritual high and the emotion. Not that that was a bad thing, um, but I would do that. But the truth is, the the longer I've done this, the further those huge spiritual highs, the, the, the further in between those huge spiritual highs, and truth be told, the peak is just not as high as they were when I was, you know, first doing this. And so I, I think there is kind of a leveling out. And I don't think that's because I'm not having spiritual experiences. Um, they're just maybe tied less and less to the, these emotional highs. And so I think part of our maturation process is, is figuring out how to, to find that and recognize that the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life, even when the, you know, we're just going at a even level plane rather than the big, big highs. It's good. Yeah. Well, and I think some of those times was, I mean, I've heard that phrase like, Oh, I don't sense the spirit. Or I'm just not feeling this. And um, like you said, like this, if the spirit is with us all the time, maybe those times when we're sensing this, um, 
this difference is actually us being more aware to um, kind of the presence of, I'll call like little S spirits, like a spirit of complacency, a spirit of apathy, a spirit of bitterness, like those other things that kind of creep in that I feel like can kind of start to become powerful um, forces in, in a group or even in our own personal lives. So um, yeah. I don't know. That's good. Well, we're at 35 minutes. And so you were, we try to keep these under 30 minutes, but, but there's no law. We, we could talk for hours. And, Not possible. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, let's, let's kind of wind some things up. Um, in the sermon, I talked about the, the spirit transforming our goings, that, that the point of this is not, it, it's less about our gatherings and more about our goings, that our mission is found in our goings. And, and so the spirit transforms our goings because we become, we become many temples where the spirit of God, the holy of holies is there and in the midst of people. And so Josh, um, give, give us, Josh and Mara, give us your, your vision. What's a spirit-filled home look like? So uh, I was thinking of this in just in terms of this idea of the going, but when I, when I was looking at this passage, I think it was yesterday when I was looking at it, it very, I very much got the sense that this, uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit was more for those outside than it was for, for those inside. Cause there was this experience where, where God was kind of speaking to them, whatever. And those 11 had been there. They had already experienced God through Jesus. And now all of a sudden that gift was given to them so that the, the outsiders could experience. And then they were all of a sudden able to uh, have this encounter. Um, so just this idea of others. But I think that that um, should have a, an impact on the way that we do church. The way, you know, our, our focus there, um, the gifts that God has given us is for, for those outside um, but also in our, in our homes, um, you know, as, as a parent, what am I, what am I doing? What's, what's the Holy Spirit doing in and through me that impacts my entire family? Um, and so I, I don't know if I necessarily have an answer of the vision for what that looks like, other than just first, I have to figure out what it looks like to recognize and respond to the Holy Spirit in my own life? And what am I doing to kind of invite my family into that as well? So it's not just about me experiencing God, um, but how am I inviting my, my wife and my kids into uh, what God is, is doing? Um, I think conversations are a, are a significant uh, place where, where it is just, hey, what do you think about this? Or, uh, you know, my kids are younger, so it's uh, unfortunately, they don't engage in deep theological um, conversations with me. <laughs> but, uh, but just, <laughs> but just simple things. I, I think so. So maybe a a very practical uh, instance for for our kids is let's be honest. As parents, we make mistakes with our kids, right? And, and the Holy Spirit is sometimes quick to point those out and like, man, I just really botched that. I think one of the greatest ways that we can maybe um, have a spirit-filled home is then going back and apologizing to our kids and saying, hey, I was way off base and I was checked in that and, and I apologize. And just, again, I think that's just a simple way to invite them into that, that process and that recognizing the Holy Spirit. 
one, one thing I'll say, you, you don't have a lot of theological talks with your, your kids, they'll surprise you. And, and what, what I've learned, you know, now my youngest is 18 and getting ready to leave. What I've learned is that you've got to pay attention to the opportunities Yeah, that they come and they'll come in surprising times. You may be driving down the road and you'll get that question from the back yeah. seat and, and you, you've got to pay attention to those moments. Yeah. Because you know they matter. They, they're asking you a question, and so just pay attention to the moment. You'll get deeper questions than than you uh, you think, and and don't be afraid to say, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. That's something God's laying on your heart to, to think yeah. about. Because I think sometimes God stretches our kids like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about the Holy Spirit really enables us to live a life like Jesus, a, a spirit-filled life. And we talk about how Jesus was a great listener. Jesus saw people. He had compassion. Like for me, I think about um, how many times, am, yeah, kind of like Joshua, like I've got more questions about myself, really. Like how many times do I only half listen to what my kids are saying? And yet I, I try to teach them about a God who's always listening to them and is always there. And so I realized there's... Um, yeah, there's not consistency in what I, what I want them to feel. I want them to feel seen and heard, but I, I know that I fail in that all the time. And how many times do I have to stop and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I was not, I was not listening. I was not paying attention to you. I did not see you. Yeah. I didn't see that you needed me. Um, but I think when we talk about that, we are, we're showing our kids that we are, we're human just like they are. And we need um, the Holy Spirit just as much as they do. And that on our own, we, we are, we're going to fail. We're going to mess up, but that we, we strive towards something better. We, we strive towards a goal. Um, I also was just thinking about um, just, yeah, what it looks like to just model that with, with our kids um, talking about how, how often do I ask for help when I need it? We talk about the Holy Spirit being our helper, but yet I, I'm one to just be like, nope, I'll figure this out. I'll get this. And um, so then I feel like I see that in my kids. Like they, they almost act like the having to ask for help is admitting failure. Mm. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want that for them. And so that's definitely something in my own life that I know I need to mm. um, need to look at a little closer because I don't want my kids to feel like they're failing if they didn't do it on their own. I want them to know that they can't do it on their own. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I like that. You know, it feels like we've been, we usually ask specific application for, for kids and teens. I kind of feel like we've been doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything you guys would like to say to, to kind of put a cap on, on the Holy Spirit or on our discussion this week? I think the cap is, there is no cap. Keep talking about this. But, yeah. but any, any additional things you guys would like to add before we kind of wind this down? Yeah. I think that, I mean, that that's it. It's just, continuing to recognize the Holy Spirit and, and pay attention um, and then talking about it as you, as you do. Yeah. And I've kind of like expect him to show up and do things that may honestly look a little weird. I don't think yeah. it was very normal, the rushing wind and the tongues of fire. <laughs> and like, so I, I, yeah, I would say like, let's, let's have those big expectations that um, yeah, he's, he's maybe it's not going to work in the confines of what we think is normal or yeah. um, plain and that it's not weird it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> you get t-shirts like that. It's not weird. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I guess I would say this. Uh, I asked this. I asked this question two weeks in a row. I think, what if Jesus lived on your street? <laughs> and, and I think the point of all this is Jesus wants to live on your street. He wants to embody you uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through through the person of the Holy Spirit. 
and he wants people to continue to see him. He still wants to walk on this earth and minister to people. So I just encourage you to, um, to, to have conversation, uh, even internal conversations, <laughs> to allow the spirit to speak. And uh, as the spirit speaks, just, just let him lead. Josh, why don't you pray us out, bud? Yeah, for sure. God, thank you so much for this conversation. Uh, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Uh, we thank you that you have given us a, um, a companion, a helper, someone to walk alongside us that allows us to be in relationship with you, uh, but that also allows us to take your presence to, uh, to our neighbors, to our communities, to our world. So help us to do that. Help us to be good stewards of your presence uh, in our families, again, in our neighborhoods, our communities, everywhere we go. Thank you um, for, for that gift that we have that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless, folks.